are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, and I don't know about you, but yesterday didn't necessarily go the way I envisioned it would for the Miami Dolphins. I'm putting this podcast out a little later in the morning, just waiting to see if maybe this big shoe was going to drop for the Miami Dolphins, who did make a number of transactions or or agreed upon a couple of deals to open the quote-unquote legal tampering period. But by and large, you got the sense very quickly as player agreements started flying off the board and everybody heading north to Foxborough that this was going to be a little bit of a different animal for Miami. And I know there was a lot of apprehension. There was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of impatience. Dolphins fan base yesterday. But for me personally, if I had to pick one word to describe my emotions coming out of the day yesterday, it would probably be relief. Uh, Relief that any internal pressure for the Dolphins to expedite this process and win now. Any internal pressure, and we did read through the build-up to free agency that there were reports that somebody in the building was advocating for another big spending spree. I have my educated guesses on who that might be, uh, but it's not the guy calling the shots, very clearly, because Chris Greer is taking his time. This is a Dolphins team that reestablished what the new normal is going to be for the Dolphins in free agency, and it's an early indication that perhaps, and of course we're still around this process, the 2021 free agency cycle in which the Dolphins spent big was the exception and not the rule. And Miami, you have seen them in all walks of life as far as team building and the team building process. Everything they do is by volume. The waiver wire. One of the most active teams on the waiver wire over the course of the last two years under the Brian Flores, Chris Greer era. Free agency. Signing a bunch of guys. Signing them to team contracts that are friendly to get out of. So that for ones who hit, you got a good economic value. For ones that miss, you can get out of easily. And for ones that are in the middle, like we saw with Shaq Lawson, the Dolphins can trade you away for a different player who you feel is the next opportunity to upgrade a different spot on your roster. It's all by volume. Drafting by volume. It's a numbers game, right? It's the the odds. Nobody bats a 1,000 in the NFL. So for Miami in 2021, instead of coming out and saying, we're going to sign Corey Lindsley, we're going to sign Kenny Galladay, we're going to sign Aaron Jones slash Chris Carson because Aaron Jones didn't hit the market, and we're going to nail down those three top guys on day one and really set the tone. Like, okay, there goes your money. And Brian Flores has talked about, I'd rather have three good players than one great one in a lot of instances. This free agency approach is that mentality embodied. Now, the Dolphins to this point, their signings are re-signing Vince Beagle on a one-year prove-it deal. 
formally signing their new punter, Mike Polardi, and a three-year deal worth less than $9 million for Seathan Carter, a tight end fullback hybrid type player who formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals. That's it. That's what they've done thus far. But all indications, the Dolphins are going to spend big on a wide receiver. They do not want to pigeonhole themselves. They want to have an established wide receiver to work with a young quarterback and not have a bunch of rookie pass catchers. So that's great. They'll still sign a center, whether it's Ted Karras or David Andrews. I'd expect they'll still sign a backup quarterback. So there's going to be moves that are made. Uh, But as Dolphins fans, we're not used to having to wait to get some of these transactions moving and get the ball rolling. Uh, But I applaud Miami for getting back into their quote-unquote guardrails as a team. And this is who we are, and this is how we want to operate. And free agency was always meant to be just like the draft, more of a value proposition. More volume by signing Tier 2 and Tier 3 guys. And the example that I gave yesterday on the Twitter timeline was Emmanuel Ogba was a Tier 2 slash Tier 3 free agent signing with the Dolphins signing. Uh, I had some kickback and whether, whether that was you know, hindsight being 2020 or but think about it. Emmanuel Ogba signed a two-year $15 million deal. The number one edge contract signed last year was Dante Fowler for twice the annual average salary of what the Dolphins gave Emmanuel Ogba. And of defensive ends to sign contracts, only four of them had a lower annual average salary than Emmanuel Ogba's $7.5 million. This was a player who never had more than five and a half sacks in his career in a single season before coming to Miami and having nine and being a big hit. Those are the kind of case studies that Miami were interested in signing that player at that price range, getting him into our building and getting him to play at a better level and keeping him healthy all year. That's the value proposition of free agency Miami wants to pursue at a number of spots based on what they illustrated to start the tampering period yesterday. Not to say they're above a big splash, because of course they're going to go out and get a big wide receiver, and we're all going to be excited when that happens. Football season may be over, but there's still plenty of sports betting action for you to get your fix. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. The NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing right now, plus Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can think of, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, plus it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. So while we wait for Miami to really gain some traction in free agency, We've seen some other moves that are pertinent to the Dolphins. Uh, Happy trails to Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's officially on the move. He signed a one-year $10 million deal with the Washington football team. He's going to start for them. He's probably going to win the NFC East. Washington won the NFC East without him. they got a great defense over there. Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, work on the offensive line a little bit, get another wide receiver. I expect big things from Fitz uh, because he is like a fine wine. He's getting better with age. 
the version of Fitz that the Dolphins saw was the best version of Fitz there's ever been. So I'm rooting for him to kind of go out on his own terms, make the playoffs with Washington since he spent his whole career and never made the playoffs, and that was a big storyline going into Week 17, which, of course, he couldn't dress for. Happy trails Fitz. I'm happy for Fitz. This is important for Miami because the veteran quarterback is no longer on the roster. We knew that, but now it's official. Miami has to find a new backup. It won't be Fitz. There will be no kind of surprise twist at the end of this story. Also, happy trails, and this is a good segue into a conversation about our friends to the north. Happy trails to Devon Godshall. Devon's agreed to terms on a two-year, $16 million contract with the New England Patriots, to which I say adieu. Uh, $8 million per year for Devon Godshall, my goodness. What? That's comfortably twice as much as I would have been comfortable paying Devon Gottschall. And that's no slight to Devon, but like you're a nose tackle or an interior defensive lineman who plays the run well, offers nothing against the pass at all, and makes no splash plays. I could find 10 guys on the market right now to execute that same role to 90% of what you're capable of doing. You don't pay $8 million a year per that. Now, granted, of course, it's Bill Belichick, so everybody's kind of celebrating this approach. But you look at whether it was the Matt Judon signing, which was a great deal for them. I, I do think that is one that, that was a fair value. It's a good fit stylistically. The Godchow signing, the Nelson Aguilar signing, which was two years, uh, $26 million. The Jalen Mills signing which was four years, $24 million. Tight end Janu Smith got a four-year, $50 million contract. Like, Kendrick Bourne got over $20 million collectively. The Patriots went out and went nuts. The Patriots went out and did a typical Miami Dolphins-style offseason. And you know what it tells me? It tells me they're desperate. It tells me Bill Belichick knows he's at the end of the line here. He doesn't have too many years left in the tank. His team was bad last year. His roster was bad last year. Let's just go all in. Let's push all our chips into the middle. Let's go out with a bang. There's no sense trying to keep cap for long-term viability. I'm not going to be doing this that much longer. To which I say good, because if if you told me that the Patriots were going to come out and they were going to spend 106, not a math guy, hold on, 106, 130, 146, I mean, they, they spent somewhere in the ball, not quite $200 million in commitments. And granted, we understand because of the way the Dolphins did this last year, the way you structure contracts is much more important. It's not They're not going to sign that number of checks. But this is a monster spending for a team who in the last 10 years has spent like $350 million in free agency. They did two-thirds of it yesterday on day one. So if they're going to pay Devon Gottschall $8 million a year, more power to you. Please go ahead and sign him. 
we'll sign somebody else and save the $5 million in cap space and get effectively the same player. And that's what the, the value proposition of how the Dolphins are approaching free agency and kind of reestablishing this is our, our modus operandi. This is how we want to do things. Uh, has me feeling a lot more comfortable about this sustainable winner that Chris Greer talked about when we first started this journey in 2019. He wants to build a sustainable winner. Well, fiscal responsibility is a part of that. And if the Dolphins would have come out and nailed down Lindsley and Galladay and Juju and Matt Judon or Carl Lawson and come out and nailed down like all these names, I don't know with that being two consecutive off-seasons how much you could realistically say that that's being fiscally responsible. Now, I also had some fans question, hey, Kyle, like, why cut Kyle Van Noy if you're not going to be in on anybody? Technically, free agency hasn't even opened yet. This is still going to be a long process. I would expect Miami's going to find volume to bring in, just not flashy, sexy headline names at the top. But they are going to sign a wide receiver. Having cap flexibility uh, is valuable uh, because what the Dolphins don't use this year, they can carry over into next year. And everybody's going to have money next year. So the ways that you can find an edge, perhaps, is having more money this year so then you can carry more money over. Given the size of the Dolphins' rookie class, they're also going to be an expensive crop of players. That is inevitably what happens when you have four picks in the top 50 and one in the top five, top three technically. Uh, you end up with this really hefty sum for rookie contracts that aren't typically associated with this new rookie wage scale. But when you draft by volume in this capacity, yeah, these guys end up getting a significant chunk of your cap. So Miami's going to have some wiggle room. Uh, they're, they're fairly pegged in as far as what they're going to owe unless they start trading dra uh, draft picks away. They're going to get a wide receiver. I would expect they're not going to compromise their contract structure. And you'll see them absorb a fair amount of that money, maybe not what they would typically do in a standard year with the cap reduction, but this isn't going to be like the, uh, what's a good example, the Shaq Barrett contract that he signed in Tampa Bay. It was a four-year deal worth $18 million per season, and his cap hit in 2021 is $5.6 million. Like, Miami's probably not, probably not going to structure the big money contract that they strike this week they're probably not going to set it up like that. They'll probably absorb more of it in stride. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for your classic or daily driver, you need engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, even new carpet, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog. And in just a few clicks, you can get everything you need delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you go anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs, right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. 
We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for quite some time now. Built Bar is an amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of their bars. And now is the time to find out which of their bars is the best thanks to Built Bar Madness, their March Madness style tournament. You want to know who's winning in the bracket? Go to BuiltBar.com or visit Built underscore Bar on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won all of the matchups and who will claim the title of the best-tasting protein bar of the world's best-tasting protein bar. So as far as the, uh, the rest of the week... Josh Tolentino of The Athletic reporting that the Dolphins have tendered restricted free agent Adam Pankey. Okay, a depth offensive lineman will be back, uh, pending how the Dolphins shake out uh, with other investment opportunities, I should say. Uh, the Isaiah Wilson trade can be processed tomorrow, uh, so that's still a back burner issue. All of these contracts, of course, uh, are back burner issues because we are waiting for them to be finalized. But if I had to look forward from here and see who is left on the market and who I anticipate the Dolphins are going to sign, take a look at the quote-unquote big three at the wide receiver position. Uh, Corey Davis is off the board. Nelson Aguilar is off the board. But we do have the likes of Curtis Samuel, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Kenny Galladay. I think Miami will sign one. I think they're kind of playing hardball with their price and and not meeting demand. And there is kind of a log jam here with this group as far as market value. I wouldn't be surprised if Miami does come to terms with another player as well. I would love Richard Higgins from Cleveland to be a player that the Dolphins sign. Uh, no indication that they'll go that route. But I wouldn't be surprised if they end up signing too. And, and Higgins is probably a player you can get for a cheaper deal and would come out being a great value as a Tier 2 slash Tier 3 signing that you walk away with, you you look back on and say, wow, we got that guy for a steal. So the first shoe to drop is probably going to be the wide receiver, whether it is Galladay, Smith-Schuster, or Curtis Samuel. On the interior offensive line, we still have a number of starting capable centers. We have Ted Karras, of course. Nick Martin is still on the market. We still have David Andrews on the market. I don't see any way it's not one of the two former Patriots, whether that is Karras or Andrews. That's kind of been teased. You look at the edge group. Uh, the edge group's been picked over pretty well. Hassan Reddick is still out there. Olivier Vernon is still out there. John Simon from the Patriots is still out there. I'm just kind of looking at snap counts that these guys played. I would really like to see them go with Terrell Basham from the Jets. I think that guy can play. Romeo Quar has been signed. Yannick Ngakwe signed with, or agreed to terms. These are all agreed to terms. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe agreed to terms with the Raiders. Dewan Smoot going back to Jacksonville. Bud Dupree, he's headed to Tennessee. Marcus Golden going back to Arizona, Judon to New England. So I look at like Tyus Bowser from Baltimore. Tano Passigno from Kansas City. Terrell Basham from the New York Jets. 
those are our options. You know, maybe we get into the Jadavion Clowney boat again. I kind of hope we're, that ship has sailed. I'm sure I can talk myself into it, <laughs> right? Uh, so, th- so that's kind of where I anticipate, besides backup quarterback, the Dolphins are going to be active players. And, and those are some players that are still out there that I think we should keep an eye on. Uh, but it seems like they're going to wait for this shoe to drop with the wide receiver first. Which good. You should know what else you you have to spend after your big investment gets finalized. And let the board come to you. A little bit of a different way of doing things in Miami. Uh, they teased when they started this regime, this was how they were going to do it. We didn't believe them because 2020 turned out to be a big spending spree. Uh, but that paid off. And there's a lot of criticism about, oh, well, they spent all this money and, and players didn't work out. That's the whole point, though. You're never, you're never going to bat 1,000. You're lucky to bat 500 with your investments. But when you have more transactions and when you have money to spend, you do you should be at liberty to spend it instead of just sitting on a mountain of money and doing nothing with it, especially when the roster was as bad as it was going into 2020. It worked. And it worked because the Dolphins have flexibility to get out of these contracts. They have the flexibility to trade a Shaq Lawson, who is an underwhelming player, for another player that you would not otherwise have unless you had Shaq Lawson to begin with. Looking forward to seeing what the rest of the week brings. I'm sure now that I'm dropping this on Tuesday morning, we'll get that big wide receiver headline by the time you listen to the end of the show, because that's typically how these things work. We'll see how it goes. Fins up. Thanks for listening. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Talk with you guys again tomorrow.